Maybe we just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we would like to thank you for this day. Thank you for gathering us and bringing us here. Lord, it is a good thing when brothers and sisters dwell together in your presence, Lord. We are gathered here, dear Jesus, not because of man, but because of you. And we are asking today that may you speak to us. Speak to us words of hope that will encourage us, and that will bring healing to us all. And Holy Spirit, may you have your way amidst us today. And may your will, dear Father, be done amidst us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I, want, I, want to, I was just standing in my room, and then I, I, I heard this from the Holy Spirit. It is about why we fail as believers, why we end up failing as children of God. And, um, and the Lord just gave me a simple example. But you know, in the natural, when a person knows that they have a job interview, they want to impress. They will do everything in their power to make sure that they are successful. If it's at school, you will put in the time because you know that if you don't put in the time, chances are you will not pass. You know it. There's a particular girl who was at my house. She's a friend to my, my cousin, Brenda. And she was at the house. And the thing she was talking about... Now, my, my, my sister finished her law degree, but this girl had failed to finish her law degree three years down the road. She had, I don't know how many retakes, lean, I don't know if you remember her. And, and, and so Brenda told me that the mother was looking for a certain man of God in town because I think one day at the fellowship, I think the man of God announced and said, you are going to get A's, all of you. And um, the angels are going to come and sit your exams. This is real, by the way. I'm not telling you something which is false. So I am told this girl, people are going to class to read so they can be in an exam. You want to pass. This girl in the script, law school and MOOC, every answer, every question, every answer to the question she's writing, Jesus loves you. You need to get born again. Time is up. So the lecturers summoned the parent and said, I think you need to talk to your daughter. She needs to see either a psychiatrist or you need to see somebody to talk to because this is an exam. It's not a religious exam. According to her, she says that things are supposed to happen supernaturally. I mean, you're supposed to show up in an exam room, then angels should come and populate the what? And, and the university was saying, we want to give her another chance so she can, you know, let her take time and, and, and read. So it's either she in, understood the message wrongly or she believed what she was told. Leaving that aside, the real reason why we struggle, I want to open for you the word of God. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, And my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being a priest for me. Are destroyed. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. You see, we are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So I always ask myself a question. Is that if we as children who of the world, when you know that you have a paper tomorrow, you know that you must put in the hours. As a matter of fact, no one tells you how many hours you must put in. You yourself know that tomorrow I must put in two hours. At least before I go to bed, I must put in three, four hours. Why? Because the questions that are going to be set are going to be on the basis of what you have been taught. So the only way for you to know what you've been taught is if you go through it over and over. Now, when you qualify from school, when people are looking for people to employ, 
Even you, you know that this job, I don't qualify for it because I am not knowledgeable in this particular field. I'm yet to see a person who did accounting applying for a job as a surgeon. I don't know whether it's possible. I mean, you know that you're an accountant and Morago advertises for a heart surgeon. Then you apply and you say, I'm applying by faith. Now, let's be honest. Is that faith? Because you are an accountant. You know that your job is to count money, to fix finances. Now, you've never slaughtered even a chicken in your life. Now, you want to be a heart surgeon. You've never. Are you seeing? But a person who has gone to school to study surgery, he is knowledgeable in that field. When he stands up to talk, you will listen. Why do you think you go to a doctor and you take instructions? You go to a doctor to take instructions for one simple reason. He is knowledgeable in the area in which you're going to consult him. That's why we do as we are told. The doctor will tell you exactly midday, swallow this, you write. I don't know why all doctors do prescription in, in writing we can't read. I don't know if it's deliberate. So he'll write. The only thing you will see is two times three. The rest down, you don't read it. Then he says, after meals. That's what you hear. But you see, you will do what the doctor says because you know that he is the expert. Now, none of you here who drives a car can take your car to a person selling tomatoes by the roadside to fix it. Why? Because you know that the person is not knowledgeable in that area at all. I keep saying that if you take, if you go to a tailor to do for your house design, don't be surprised when the house design comes back and it has got these things here for the Gomeses and it's sharp on edges. Why? Because it is where you went. So he is going to give you a design based on the area where he's knowledgeable. It is so surprising and I think it marvels. God is amazed that we know how to operate in the laws of the natural, but we don't understand how to operate in the laws of the spiritual. I, it, I'm telling you, it amazes God. Now you here are believers, you're looking at me, but you have never finished this Bible, all of it, and you've been born again 10, 20, 15 years. You've never finished this Bible to read it, but you're born again. Then when problems show up and problems are so big, now you are so lost, you don't know where to start from. Why? Because my people perish for lack of knowledge. Do you know how difficult it is for somebody to get healed until you have preached healing to them? Until a person is convinced that God wants to heal them, they can never believe God for healing, and God will not touch that person until they come to the revelation that God actually wants to heal them. Now imagine we have got so much knowledge in the things of the natural. You hear a man saying he has a PhD, a PhD in granites. There's a man, he's a PhD, he's Jonathan's uh, brother-in-law. He has got a PhD in granites, PhD. In other words, he can tell you even how a granite thinks. I, I mean, you hear somebody saying he's got a, he has a PhD in insects. And all he knows is how insects think. The guy will look at you and he will examine you by simply looking at you. He knows your problem is A, B, C, D. You're not sleeping well. Go home and sleep. Go and sleep for six hours. And people follow doctor's orders like this because they know that their lives depend on it. And yet, to be honest with you, your life does not depend. It does not depend at all on the doctor's orders. 
and I'll tell you where your, your life depends. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. I'm showing you where your life depends. Let me, let me be frank with you. I know that you have seen this scripture. I know that you have passed it, but you have never comprehended the real meaning of this scripture. Now today, by the Spirit of God, I want to help you understand. You are alive because heaven said, let her live. But the day heaven says that on the 16th day at 2 p.m., so-and-so needs to come and be with me. I can tell you, there will not be a single doctor that will save you. You will go home to be with the Lord because man does not live. Have you ever realized that no amount of money can save a person when they are dying? Have you realized that? But you live on every single word that comes out from the mouth of the Lord. How much of that word do you know and how much of that word do you walk in? Let's just be frank. Let's talk. Now let's talk frankly. Let's assume I'm not the pastor and I'm a friend and we're just talking normally. This Bible here, how many times have you read it since the beginning of the year? How much of it do you know? And how much of this scripture can you apply? How much of these scriptures here, this word of God here, which one of it is the principal pillar of your life that you live by? Which one of it? Just point for me and say, for me, this is the defining scripture of my life. And you know that this, you live your life off it and you know you believe it. Your spirit knows it, your soul knows it, your flesh knows it, that your life is built entirely on this word of God. And yet all of us here went through school. Everybody went through school. And everybody, every single day, you would wake up in the morning to study history of Ndebele, of Suji Ngoni, people who died, Shaka Zulu, people who died, Napoleon, you remember? You even know that he was born at a, in, in a place called Ajasho in Kosika, which was annexed by France. You remember that? But, and yet that is not your life. But you've populated your head and you're so knowledgeable. And yet, the thing that really sustains your life, from which your life is supposed to flow, you know nothing. Let us be frank. The body of Christ today is so full, the church is full, and everyone, 95% of the people that are in the church today, whether it is Anglican, Catholic, you mention it. Everybody is desperate, everyone. But what is missing? Everybody is told, you pray, 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 things will do what? Things will work. But you tell me, if a child is naked, does she need prayer or she needs a cloth? Let's be frank, if your stomach doesn't have food, do you need prayer or do you need food? Who do you want? Do you want somebody who is going to preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ or the one who is going to give you a potato and say, here, who will you appreciate? Let us be frank. You will never take that prayer even if somebody is praying in Japanese because your stomach is empty. When you are thirsty, do you think cock will do? Do you think porridge will do? Not even milk will do. When you are thirsty, you will need one thing, water. But we have compressed our entire lives. God never said that man shall live on prayer. He said man shall live on every word which comes from the mouth of the Lord. This is how I'm going to equate prayer. Praying without the knowledge in the word of God. It is like you going for an exam you didn't read for. What are you going to write there? For prayer to hold meaning, prayer must be according to the will 
of God, according to the will of God. But where do you know that will from? You can only know that will if it is in the word of God. That's how you know the will of God. Today, if I ask you right now, what does God think about your current situation? Maybe two of you know. If I ask you right now, do you know what God thinks about your current situation? Do you know? Because if you don't know, then are you a believer? Allow me to challenge you, are you a believer? Let me tell you, when I can tell why, I have the privilege of God telling me why I'm in the situation I'm in. If things don't add up for me, if I am sick, the people in my house know, the people who work with me in the ministry, they know that when I am sick, something is not right in the spirit and I must check either myself or my surrounding because it is not for me to be sick. I know what the Bible says about sickness and the Lord says, I will not bring upon you the diseases I brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. So when I find that I am sick, I am going to check me. I don't check God. I will check me. Then I will check my environment. Could it be that one of the people in my household sinned against the Lord? Because if my children sinned, the sin is on me. If Omoni sins here, the sin is on me. If Gurid sins in this compound, the sin is on me. Why? Because God will not hold Omoni accountable. God will hold me accountable because I am the head. So when there is inequity in the camp, I know that the presence of God will depart. And when the presence of God departs, sickness must enter. Death must enter. For as long as the presence of the Lord is upon a particular place, there is no way sickness can enter. It is impossible. You have never heard that any of my children are hospitalized. It will never be there. As sure as God lives, you will never hear that. There was a particular time, I remember, this particular person used to put things in my food. So one time, my temperature shot up so badly, and in my spirit, I knew I have been defiled. I knew it. I asked her, what did you put? I said, why am I sick? She said, I, I, I don't know. I asked her again, why am I sick? Because I know I knew it could not be me. I was living right. I said, why am I sick? And she began to fumble. When she began to fumble like this, I knew this is it. I left it. Then I pressed again in the evening. I said, why am I sick? What did you? Now, while I was asking in the evening, I saw what was in the basin, what I bathed. Then I saw what was in the tea that I drank. I don't know whether I'm making sense is that I know within my spirit that when you're walking right, when you're living right, the presence of God shall be there. No single person scare you as long as you're living right. No single disease can come near your house. It shall not be there because God will not permit it to come there. Never. You can walk. There can be a war and it has broken out on Kampala Road and you will drive and they will not see your car because the presence of God is with you. But this is a reality. So just to ask you a question. Now you see the problem is for, for when we you know the church after today is so quick to look for solutions, isn't it? Now, if somebody is sick, okay, then all of a sudden somebody is saying, Oh Lord, I need what? Healing. No, I don't do that. I always say that should be the last thing you're seeking. But what you should be asking God is why? Because if you don't deal with the why, you will get the healing, but the sickness will still return because you don't know the why. It's what God says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. If when you go to a doctor and you say, doctor, I am sick, the doctor is not going to say, hey, you are sick, bring me a syringe, gives you two, then says, now sit, let's talk. Doesn't the doctor do that? But the doctor will probe. He'll say, so how long have you been sick? He wants to establish. How long have you been sick? Have you been on any medication? What time have you been eating? Have you been sleeping? Are you stressed? Do you drink a lot? When did this begin? How often do you feel like this? Has this happened before? The doctor asks you to establish why you are sick. So now by the time the doctor zeroes down, and remember it's so much based on what you say, 
not what on his what he says. If you go and lie to the doctor and say, ah, the pain is actually here, 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 here. Let me tell you, that doctor will give you medication for here, yet the problem is your head. Are you saying you lied? They're saying the problem is where? Here. I've seen people go to the doctor because they are their loved ones or a fiance, they fear to say the problem is uh, down here. Then they say, ah, there's a way, it's, it's just general, you know, it's, it's just it's general problem. You'll see what to do for me, eh? my friend. If it is down, say, doctor, things are bad. Then you say, can I show you? Yes. It's the only way you get healed, isn't it? But if you go there and say, oh, doctor, you know, this is why I feel uncomfortable. You know, eh? he doesn't know. You know, this is why I feel this day, doctor. Hmm. Oh, I tell you how, but I think you know these things, doctor. He doesn't know. It's not him who is sick. If you lie to him, it's you who is going to go back. You'll have medication, you'll have paid money, but you're going to go back the same way you came. Did you say, doctor? Yes. Did you lie? Yes. Did you get help? No. Now, that's how we are when we go to the Lord. Now, you go to the Lord and say, Lord, you know these people, they don't like me. There's a way they talk about me. I don't know why me. It happens to me all the time. Lord, take them away. Fire, fire, fire. But there's something you forgot to ask. But why did this happen? Any believer must be able to go to the Lord and inquire and do not take any action. If God does not answer you today, no problem, go back again. If he doesn't answer you tomorrow, no problem, go back again. If he doesn't answer you next week, no problem, go back again. But do not ask, deviate from asking for why you are in the state you are in until God talks to you. Because if you seek a solution, do you know that when a solution comes, you forget to ask why? Do you know that when a person is sick and they have a headache, do you know that the moment they swallow painkillers, that is it. They will only remember those painkillers the next time they get a what? A headache. But you see, are you solving the problem? No. The problem still remain. So there is only one way to deal with the problem comprehensively is that you seek the face of the Lord to find out, Lord, but why is this thing happening? Do you guys know that God knows everything about you? He knows why things are happening the way they're happening now. Then he even knows even what you need to do. Now, we in the church spend 95% of our time praying and almost 5% inquiry. And yet it is supposed to be you should be spending 95% of your time inquiring and 5% praying. Why? Because the doctor will spend 95% of the time probing, inquiring, finding out what the problem is. We spend time doing the wrong thing. And it's, you guys, if only you'll take today's message from the Lord, it will change how you pray. Do you know how people pray with unbelief? And do you know how the Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, for it is impossible to please God without faith. God wants you to pray. But do you know how happy you are? I don't know about you, but for me, when I go into an exam room and I see the same questions I revised, the moment I see them, you know, there's a way you begin to beam. But the moment you see a guy doing like this, <laughs> then, then, before you know it, he says, eh, then, eh. you know, things are bad. But the moment you see the four questions you had revised, he, there's a way even, the way you chamkate, eh? Yeah. Now, just imagine, if you know what the word of God says about healing, and you go before the Lord, do you know that when your faith comes into agreement with the word of God, when you go to ask, 
let me tell you, God answers you like this. It's instant. Miracles happen instantly. I told you about that woman, the, the crippled lady I prayed for in Nairobi. Sandra was there, isn't it? This woman was not born again, guys. She was not born again. But they told her in the slum where she was because she, she met the son of the woman who was hosting us in Nairobi, Meg. So they were drinking together. And the boy, while they were drinking there, and they are, this is crippled, but they are drinking. He told him, you know, if only you meet Pastor Mark. If only you could meet Pastor Mark, you are going to walk. I am so sure of it. Meanwhile, he has never seen me pray for anybody. But he was so sure that if you meet Pastor Mark, and Pastor Mark prays for you, you will walk. So this drunkard woman came. She had been at Meg's house from as early as 10 a.m. in the morning. For God's sake, by midday, I had not even taken a flight out of Entebbe. I reached Nairobi at 4 p.m., and she was waiting. For her, she was told, if you meet Pastor Mark, you'll be healed. I asked this woman, do you believe that when I pray for you, you will get up and walk? The woman told me, I believe. That's why I've been here since morning waiting for you. Guys, you saw what happened to Winfred. It didn't even take two minutes. This woman got up and ran. Not like Winfred. She got up and ran and carried her own child whom she had never carried for long. There was a burning faith in her heart that she was going to walk. Now, do you know how powerful it is when you go before the throne of God and you know what you know in the word of God? It's like you going into an exam and you know the answers. And God wants you to pray according to the word of God. Do you know that heaven must answer you? Because you will know that the thing that I'm asking for, God is able to do it. And number two, he has promised me in his word that I can have it. So now I want to find out. These hours you've been praying, what are you praying exactly? If you have not read the word of God, what are you praying exactly? It's like you're going for an exam and you do manyanga. So the young man came to Bishop and said that God spoke to me and I wrote the message in tongues. And this was, the message was exactly like this. He said he was right, this is tongues. He wrote the message in tongues. Bishop said, my friend, don't fool us. Go and translate this message in English <laughs> and bring it to me. Do you know there were six full scraps? And all of them, he had written them like, this is exactly how he wrote. Me and Mr. Lesale looked at each other like this. I sure the people can write tongues <laughs> like this. And he was so confident. I said, God, help us. Now, here you are. You have never in your life, you know nothing about the word of God. Either you know nothing or you know very little about the word of God. But you're a believer. You're a concrete, you say, I'm, when they say, are you a believer? I am a staunch believer. Me, I'm thinking, if you're a staunch believer, you take scotch. I just want to understand what a staunch believer means. Let me tell you, the staunch believer, not the one who takes scotch, you leave them. Me, there's people that I know are believers. The Bible says, the people who know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Now those are the people who are, I call staunch. Now too much praying doesn't make you staunch. Don't be mistaken. But I love to pray on the basis of the knowledge of the word of God. In other words, my praying must come into agreement with the word of God. How do I know that Jesus Christ is here? Do you know that Jesus Christ is here? 
I know that you're saying, hmm. In the reality, for you it's in theory. For me it's not in theory. Do you know why? Because for me I know that he has said in his word in Matthew 18, 19. He says that where two or three are gathered in my name, I shall be amidst you. Now for me it's, it's so real for me that I can't imagine us gathering in the name of the Lord and he's not there. I can't even imagine that. Here you are. Every day you carry a Bible, you know nothing which is in the Bible. Right now if they give you an exam on the book of Genesis, I can guarantee you we shall be lucky if anybody here gets 20%. I am being honest. Everybody knows in the beginning, do you know that God would rather have you wake up in the night not to pray but to study this word? You guys, I want to tell you, you're perishing for lack of knowledge. I would rather you burn two hours reading this word of God and pray for 10 minutes. Do you know what happens to a person who prays and they have got perfect knowledge in the word of God? Do you think they're going to say, oh Lord, please, I beg of you, if you could, perhaps maybe, when you think about it, help me, oh, help me, oh. You really, really think that God is going to listen to you? But do you know? How, a, how confident a child is when they go before their father, a child will go and say, Dear Lord, I thank you for today. As I put my head down, just watch over us in Jesus' name. That is a complete full cycle prayer. And they go to bed and snore. Then you hear that they broke into the neighbor. He knew nothing. Do you know why? Because God washed over him. God can never give you something that you're asking just for just and you don't mean it knowing that he has the power to give it to you. Never. You're praying just for just. Anyway, let me pray cool about it. Leave it. It's never going to come to you. Do you know that the prayers I have prayed where God has answered me like this have lasted two minutes? So how is it that God can heal a person in two minutes and he can't answer you in two minutes? All the biggest miracles in my life, they didn't come because I prayed a whole night. They came because I prayed in two minutes. And I realized if you can compress your prayer in two minutes, that's a prayer of faith. Did you know? You, on the other hand, you pray for three straight hours and those straight hours are in unbelief. You have contradicted yourself more times than you can remember. You first pray, oh Lord, because Pastor Mark says pray in faith. Lord, I believe you're going to do this. Lord, I know you're going to give me a job. Oh my Lord, why did they fire me? Oh God, I pray that you remove them. Even those people, everybody, I ban them. In the name of Jesus Christ, let every door open. Hallelujah, I believe. Oh God. Then you say, oh, Mukamabad, why did they come? The Lord, is the Lord turns to the angels and says, what's he saying? And Christ is very humorous. I think he's saying, what is he saying? You are confusing God in the process. And that's how we pray. There will come a time, child of God, listen. There will come a time when your heart is so heavy that you don't want to get off your knees and you pour out your heart. And to be honest with you, by the time you check the clock, you have netted three hours. Nobody ever prays for three hours without a burden. You'll check the clock and it's 15 minutes and you've said everything. You've only been there 15 minutes but it feels like you've been there for hours. It's no miracle. There is nothing that God will ever give you that he has not yet already promised in his word. But do you know how sad it is for somebody to come and ask you when they doubt whether you're able to do it or not? You know somebody says, anyway, you go and ask me. I don't think you can. You go. You go. 
Me, I know he can't help you. Do you, what do you think the person will do when they hear that you said that? He will not help you. Now, what about God? And he has said, when you pray, believe that you've done what? That you've received. Now, here you are. You're saying, anyway, let me just pray about it. You never know. The moment you say you never know, if I will, you don't pray. So we perish for lack of knowledge. So you and Christ must have a relationship. And remember, I've had people say the Holy Spirit doesn't talk to me. How will he talk to you if you don't know the word of God? Because the primary way for the Holy Spirit to talk to you will be according to the word of God. I'm surprised when people say God has not spoken to them in a while and I'm wondering. Me, when you say that, I just know your Bible is, is tucked away and it is, has a lot of dust. So my people perish for lack of knowledge. And it's a fact. Did you know how much peace comes into your heart when you know that God loves you? Do you know how much peace comes into your heart when you know that God cares? But do you know when you begin to worry, when you think God doesn't care, when you think you are all on your own, you begin to worry. Before you know it, you're falling sick. Because remember, demons attract fellow demons. First you begin by worrying. The second thing you start to fear. Before you know it, it has turned into what they call depression. Slowly, a part of you begins to die. So everybody says today, ah, may I pray? But what everybody should be saying is that, yeah, I did my study. I spent my time with God. If you really want to be healed of any disease, find every scripture in the word of God that talks about healing. Why must you find it? Because you will know God's mind on healing. You will know what he says about healing. I know that you think that prosperity is going to come because you prayed. No, I'll tell you how it comes. Open your Bible. Let's go to the book of Joshua. Joshua 1 verse 8. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You are studying this word so that you are careful to obey. In other words, success and prosperity are a direct consequence of you obeying the word which you have studied, not the word which you have been told. We have to, to make ourselves very clear here, is that you will be successful because you obey the word which you have studied, not the one you have been told. And this is God's instruction. So if it is praying, you have prayed. But tell me, in this praying, how much of the word have you studied and how much of it have you obeyed?